Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now let the show begin. Hi, this is The Author Show, and I'm your host, Linda Thompson. Our book is titled The Music We Make, and it's the debut novel by Michelle Renee DeBellis. The Music We Make is an emotional read that addresses love, loss, addiction, and music. Michelle joins us to share more. Michelle, welcome to The Author Show. Thank you, Linda. I am so proud to be on the show with you today. We're glad to have you. So will you give us a quick overview of The Music We Make? The Music We Make is about a young man that must write the one song that will help him make peace with his mother's death. It is a gripping and intense story that is all about overcoming our pain to achieve our dreams. Interesting. That's pretty heavy. Well, was there anything in particular that provided the inspiration for your story? My goodness, this story was so inspired. The story began with a song that my husband wrote, which is called Bird of Paradise, which is a real song that you can download on Apple Music or Spotify, anywhere music is streamed. But he lost his mother suddenly many years ago. And as he was facing his own intense grief, he received four notes from Beyond the Grave that helped him connect to his mother through his pain. And when I met my husband, every time he sat down at a piano, which was regularly, he would play this incredible piece of music. And I heard it, but I didn't hear it go anywhere. It didn't have a beginning. It didn't have any end. I was aware of some lyrics, but they just didn't advance. And around this same time, I was in a really difficult car accident and I had several surgeries and I was prescribed opiate after opiate to manage those surgeries and the pain I was in. And I had been planning at this time to write my novel, to write my debut novel. And as I was experiencing this beautiful music that was being played and my own initial opiate addiction, I thought, what about a character who survives an accident that his mother dies in and receives four notes from heaven to guide him through the opiate addiction that he has from the emotional pain and the physical pain of losing her in this accident? Oh, my Lord, you've definitely got a lot going on there. So if you were to compare the music we make with any other, what would that other book be? Oh, goodness. I You know, I guess I think sometimes of Daisy Jones and the Six because it's a story of the power of music to bring people together. It's a story of, you know, like it's a sex, drugs and rock and roll kind of a story that also has a really deep sense of how the collaborative energy of making music together is such a powerful force. You have just really interesting responses here, Michelle. So are your characters straight from your imagination or are they modeled after real people? My characters are absolutely people that are in my life that I was able to draw from in a really meaningful way to give really intense depth to the characters. But my imagination really, I just had so much fun building these people out and building these characters out and transforming the characters in my life into the characters of the book. The music we make is a fascinated look at the dark side of the music industry. So what kind of research did you do to ensure the believability of your story? 
That's such a great question. I read so many books on the making of music. I think one of my <laughs> favorites was Clive Davis's The Soundtrack of My Life and L.A. Reid's Sing to Me. And I read so many like Elton John's memoir and Alicia Keys' memoir and Billy Joel's and Lenny Kravitz. And as I read these stories about the making of music and the behind the scenes, I just felt this incredible confidence that I could let my imagination run free because I knew how it happened. I knew what really happened in these situations. And now I could take my characters and let them run free in these situations I felt so confident about. Will you please share with us your vision of the ideal reader for the music we make? I think that people who are artists are going to love this story. People who love music are going to love this story. I wanted so much for this to be a story that would be loved equally by men and by women. And I'm so pleased that I have had so many reviews by men that are as glowing as they are by women, especially because it's a story written from the first person perspective of a young man. It was so important to me to have it be a story that was equally enjoyed by both. And so far it has been. I'm so proud of that. Will San Diego come back to us in a sequel or are you working on something else now? You know, I spent a lot of time considering a sequel, and I was so connected to these characters in the years I spent writing this book that it just felt so natural to want to write a sequel. But I have so many other stories I want to tell. So no, I'm not writing a sequel. What I love about the ending of this book is that it has a staying power, that the characters kind of can live on a little bit in your imagination. And I think that's the right place for them to stay. I've read your book, and I have to agree with that 100%, because <laughs> it stayed with me for quite some time. So, Michelle, sometimes authors write a story intended to make the reader think about its message, and others write for pure entertainment. Where does the music we make fit into that? You know, I wanted so much to write a meaningful story that was entertaining. That was my main goal as I wrote and revised this story. I kept saying to myself, is this meaningful? Does this have a depth to it that makes it valuable? But is it entertaining? Because sometimes you read a book and it's like, oh, this has this incredible message, but it was so boring. Or, oh, this book was so entertaining, but it was just so light. It didn't have the complexity and the depth. And so my goal was really to combine those things to make a story that was meaningful and entertaining. Do you think that I achieved that? I know you achieved that. <laughs> I'm kind of interested in how you thought of what you wanted your book to be when this was your first book. I mean, you go at this at a depth that only master authors do. And I was just dumbfounded when I found out this was your first book. So how do you how did you accomplish that? Oh, first of all, thank you for saying that. That means everything to me. The way that I accomplished that was that I wrote this book and then I rewrote it and then I wrote it again and I continuously worked with new editors that would give me a different take and I would work with editors and readers, beta readers, and I just took all of their feedback and I would say to myself, Michelle, the purpose of this is for you to grow as an author. Your contract with this project is growth and you will not give it to the world until you've achieved the growth that you know this project came to bring you. I just kept writing it over and over again. And when I was working with my editor, Stuart Horwitz at Book Architecture, 
you know, he really held me to what I'm talking about. He really made me work hard. And there was a point at which I had given him the book and he said, Michelle, this is incredible. There are so many things that I, you surprised me. I did not expect those things to happen. And yet they worked out so beautifully, but the story with the father still isn't good enough. And so he made me go back and dissect every single scene and change the arc <laughs> of his relationship with his father. And when I submitted all of that, I said to him, I think it has been achieved. And he emailed back, it has been achieved. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So the music we make is listed as a coming of age fiction. And yet I didn't see it like that at all. How would you describe your book? I think it is the story of the power of human connection to help us overcome grief and addiction. I think it is a story of how life when we decide to live it, when we decide to face it, that we can overcome anything. I think it's a story of overcoming. I think it's a story of the power of love. It's a story of the power of music. I have to agree with you. As a matter of fact, in your book, The Music We Make, you have a quote that is, and I quote, love is bigger than the rules we've built around it, unquote. That's something that I now have above my desk, and I remind me of that every day. Wow. Because you've got a lot of those kind of quotes in this book, and that's not something that I would normally pick out, but it was just something that hit me in the face when I read it. And then when I saw it again on your website, I thought, oh, i got to bring this up. So was all of these very deep and intense comments or quotes intentional? Oh, absolutely. I am the kind of person that wants to have deep, profound quotes in a book. I want things that you can highlight. I want things that people are going to put over their desk. That means a lot to me. (laughs) And, And I want to say, so this quote, love is bigger than the rules we've built around it, is also the chapter title of the chapter I'm going to read a little excerpt from, but there's another quote that later in the book, like the, this quote has been given in the story and the dialogue. And then later, much later in the story, it says love is bigger than the rules we've built around it, but that doesn't mean that people don't get hurt when we break those rules. Wow. Okay. The music we make has received some very nice recognition. Will you tell us a little bit about that? I have been so honored to have won the Literary Titans Book Award and to have been listed with Kirkus, which has been around for over 90 years and offers one of the richest prizes in literature. They gave me a Kirkus Star, which is an incredible honor that only about 5% of their authors that get reviews receive, and also was listed as one of the top 100 best books of 2022 by Kirkus. And if you can believe it, I was nominated for the Pulitzer. And that blew me away when that happened because I decided, I don't know, five or six years ago that my life goal is to win the Pulitzer. And I didn't know how you even got nominated. I had no idea. I just (laughs) wasn't worried about it. It was just my goal. And then when I got nominated for it with this debut novel, it just changed my life. (laughs) It doesn't get much better than that, does it? (laughs) Right? Well, Michelle, I've listened to Santiago's song and found it to be very moving. Who wrote this beautiful piece of music? So the beautiful piece of music is called Bird of Paradise. It's a real song that my husband wrote. He wrote it when his mother died. And my first goal with this book, The Music We Make, was to help him overcome his obstacles 
that were keeping him from completing the song. And the best part about this project has been that the song was completed alongside the novel. As I finished the final draft of the novel, he finished his song. And that was a long time coming. It changed his whole life. It was something that needed to happen. And he was able to work with an incredible producer named James Raymond, who was the son of David Crosby, who recently died. And James was just such an incredible man to work with. Dominic and James had been friends in grade school. And as he had finished the song, he said, you know, who's going to produce this? Who's going to take this thing that's in my imagination and help me bring it out into the world? And he woke up in literally like a bolt of lightning in the middle of the night and said, oh, I got to call James. And then they connected. And it was so amazing because he found this incredible singer, Randall Thomas, does the vocals for the song. And when we heard him, we were together all in the studio and we heard Randall sing the song. And I thought, oh, my God. Michelle, who designed this so striking book cover that I was just in awe of? Oh my goodness. I designed the cover of the music we make. I had worked with several graphic artists. I felt certain that they were going to give me something that I could fall in love with and it didn't happen. And sometimes when things don't happen the way that you think they're going to, it's because there's a bigger, better fate waiting for you. And so I had been using Canva to design Instagram posts of all things. And I thought, you know what, let me try this. Let me give this a go. And as I started putting it together, I thought, God, if I could have the music notes be gold foil, that would just be so striking. It would instantly show you that this is a beautiful book. And I wanted the outside to be as beautiful as the inside. Well, you certainly accomplished that. So I understand that you've got an audio recording of your book as well. Who did the recording? I went to this incredible music studio, Higher Living Music in Himmet, and I worked with Josh Good, who recorded me reading the book and then edited, mixed, and mastered my voice. And my husband was the director, and we had so much fun. It was one of the best experiences that I've had as I put out this book into the world We just had an incredibly fun time. And I think that for those of you that like to listen to books, because I absolutely love listening to books, that you might like the Audible even better than the book. It's so much fun. I brought the characters to life with my voice. So what would you like readers to remember, Michelle, once they've finished reading the music we make? The power of love to overcome grief and addiction. That's pretty heavy. So now I get to ask, Will you please read a short excerpt from the music we make for us? I would love to. I stand in Barbara's formal living room beside her Baldwin grand piano. I tuck my violin between my chin and shoulder and kiss the bow to its strings. I play Cinema Paradiso as I wait for Santiago to arrive to begin recording. It's a song I know Barbara taught him. My insides quiver. All week long, I've laid down the basic tracks to my pop song with the studio musicians and Otto, my engineer. But today is special. The vocal tracks Santiago will provide will be the soul of the song. My fingers tremble over the violin strings. I sense him and look up as he enters the room. Is that Cinema Paradiso? Santiago asks. Play with me. I sling towards him and lead him to the piano. The music book is propped open to the piece. He takes a seat. I haven't played this Baldwin in years. I learned Paradiso on it. He spins his body around on the bench. 
but I'm pumped up about your song right now. Why this? I let the violin speak for me. My emotions ride the wide movement of my bow arm as it provokes the strings. My bare feet grip the wooden floor as I sway at the torso to the nuance of the tune. Eventually, Santiago faces the piano again, his hands poised over the keys. I stop and he begins the duet with the piano intro. I hold the violin in wait while he plays. Expectation churns from my belly to join him in the music. When I do, it feels like falling into bed with a lover. Oh, my Lord, that just left me breathless. And I remember reading that. So <laughs> where, where can we learn more about you and where can we purchase the music we make? The best place to learn more about me is at michellereneedebellis.com. Michelle is M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, Renee, R-E-N-E, Debellis, D-E-B-E-L-L-I-S.com. There will be several options to purchase my book. And you can also click to download Bird of Paradise. And I believe there's information about you as well. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. You can learn all about me and how I got started as a writer and even read some of my poetry and, and learn all sorts of things. <laughs> and I do want to know more. So we've been talking with Michelle Renee DeBellis, author of The Music We Make. Michelle, as I mentioned, I've read The Music We Make, and I found it to be a complex look at a very dysfunctional family and Santiago's two loves. Once I started, I couldn't put it down, and I believe a lot of our audience will feel the same. You are a very talented author, and I do hope that you'll come back and visit with us again when you publish your next book. Oh, thank you, Linda. My next book is going to be incredible. It's already so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Trust and believe this book is amazing. It grabbed me by the heart and never let go. I loved the relationship between Santiago and his sister Lucy. Their bond was the best possible cure for his pill addiction, and I couldn't get enough of Kitty Holiday. She was the most infectious character I've read in a long time. The story was so captivating, I wanted all my friends to read it. Well, if that review in this interview has you wanting more, go to Michelle ReneeDebellis.com and order your copy today. And when you finish reading, don't forget to post your review. And please share this interview with your friends so that they too may become acquainted with our author. And remember, the author show may be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on Google Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon Music, and many more. Whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books, TheAuthorShow.com is a really great place to start. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at TheAuthorShow.com. TheAuthorShow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.